Yeah, it is an honor, uh, privilege to be here, and, and uh, again, Burke Wilson, one of the pastors with Grace Community Church, one of your sister churches, you know, I, um, and I'm also, um, we have a network of churches from Maryland down to Miami, Florida, and, and uh, it's called SICA, Southeast Church Alliance, and I'm currently one of the directors of that, and uh, so also, but also I'm the father of James Wilson, and the uh, father-in-law of Allison, and Granddad of um, Natalie and Charlotte and their soon son. So excited about it. So you might see me uh, again in about a month. But uh, no, it, it's exciting to see what God's doing and what God's doing with all of us. And, and it, it's just a thrill. It really is. And, and, and this, um, I, I'm, I typically have to be, you know, um, I mean, I, wait a minute. I verse, that verse, you know, now that you know these things, you're blessed that you will do them. I just want to give you a little warning. At the end of my message, I'm going to ask you to turn the person next to you and come up with possible action points that could be applied after the passage that we were going over. And then I'm going to ask you to pick one of them that you will do in the next seven days. So I just want to kind of give you that warning. I, you know, I, I won't just pray and, and leave, uh, but I will give you a, a challenge, give you about 15, 20 seconds to think about different uh, you know, scenarios of how to apply it, and then you pick one that you'll do in the next seven days. So, um, but... Uh, Anyway, I, I, as the year began, and I don't know how you're feeling about all this going on, but one verse that really gripped me was Habakkuk 1.6. Look among the nations, observe, be astonished, wonder, for I'm doing something in your day that you would not believe if you were told. I, I, you know, I, I, think, I look at that, I, I know constantly God is trying to lift up my eyes to see um, what he's doing. And I know in context that verse is about God bringing judgment. But I think that there's an overall understanding that something God wants to do, he wants to show us something amazing. And are we preparing ourselves for, for what he wants to show us. Because again, if you look through the Gospels and you look at how Jesus worked with his disciples and, and, and his followers, he was constantly reminding them, lift up your eyes. Don't get so caught up in the circumstances of what's going on. Don't get so caught up in your immediate situation, but lift up your eyes. And, realize, and that's just hard to do. I mean, it's hard for me to do. And if I'm not constantly in the Word of God and really looking to apply it, then I can so easily drift. I, I can, I, and, and, and all of us can. I don't think it's just it's a, a unique condition to me. I think it's a unique condition to every follower of Jesus. That, and this, even if we're, we're going to look into Matthew chapter 5, and if we realize this is what the people had gotten caught up in. And so when Jesus was introducing his kingdom, and he was introducing the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, he was challenging them to start looking at life through the scriptures, not just what they thought the scriptures said. Because I don't know about you, but I know, I, like I said, I can easily drift and slide. And when I think about all the current events going on, and it's like in uh, I, the verse is not on the outline, but uh, on the screen, but 2 Corinthians 11, where it says, you know, where the, um, Paul is talking about how I fear that like Eve has been deceived and led away from the pure and simple devotion to Christ, that's what's happened to you, Corinthians. And I read that and I think, oh, gosh, that's me. You know, Eve didn't really reject God. You know, she just thought, well, I know what God said and now I know what Satan says. Let me just try it. So it wasn't an outright rejection. It was just a slide. 
And, and I know, again, that's why if I'm not constantly around people who are reminding me that we're not just to read this book, but we're to practice it, then I'll slide. I mean, that, that's why I, I've got to have older, wiser practitioners of God's Word around me. And that's one reason we need not just um, friends who are Christians, but Christian fellowship. There's a different, I mean, like when, when Jesus called his church together, basically the foundation of the church in Matthew 16 was that, hey, you know, you, when you've got a group of friends who are here to glorify God and extend the kingdom of God into darkness of Satan's territory, you've got the foundation of real Christian fellowship. And we need to have men and women around our, our lives so that we don't slide. Because there's so many things going on right now. I, I mean, I don't know how you're feeling about the cancel culture and the revenge mindset, the vengeance mentality. I mean, almost like every week something's happening that's causing people to dismiss or cancel somebody. I mean, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, how many of y'all familiar with the female star of, or the former female star of Mandalorian? You know what happened there? You know, not many people. I guess y'all have a life that you don't raise your hand because you're not watching TV, not watching Mandalorian. No, I'm teasing about that. But the, the whole situation was she made a comment that the political climate, ha, you know, currently is, is similar to the political climate of Nazi Germany. And it created a tension with the people hating each other. So when the Nazis came in, it was easy for them to throw the Jews into the gas chamber. And, and so when she said that, some people didn't like that. And so they canceled her. They fired her. And, and, you know, and so that, this kind of created an uproar. What's interesting is this. The male star of Mandalorian, he made a kind of similar statement earlier in pre pre previous years, but his, his comment about the political climate was taking a different political viewpoint. So he doesn't get fired for that. He gets a raise. So go figure. I mean, we're, we're in this situation, and I don't know how you might be feeling like, or am I next, or what's, what, you know, I'll be honest, I'm old. I'm not really worried so much about getting canceled. I'm really not. But some of y'all probably are, some of your children, to your children's children, you know, what, how are we to respond? How will we respond when someone comes at us and we feel like this is not right, this is, you know, uh, um, they don't like my opinion, they don't like my viewpoint, you know, what, what is going on? And, and so we, we've got to be um, really thoughtful, like, what did, did Jesus really address this issue? And I think he did. If you really understand the climate of, of when he stepped into the, um, Israel and what was going on and, and what the people were thinking. And, and so it, it's just like it, it's, it's a challenge there. And so let, let's just pray and let's ask God to give us some wisdom as we look at some of this. And so, Father God, we, we, we know that there are going to be times we're going to be viewed as in the wrong, we're going to be canceled, we're going to be, you know, people are going to say harsh things, insulting things, you know, um, uh, even things that we uh, think are um, unjust. Uh, people are going to take advantage of us. They took advantage of you. And, and Lord, we, we as followers of you, we don't want to follow our flesh. We don't want to even follow our opinion about what we should do. We really need to follow you. And so, Lord, would you please not just give us insight, but give us clear action steps so we can walk with you even in this culture. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, again, so think about it. How are we as followers of Jesus to respond when we are offended? And we, Jesus said, we are going to be offended every day. Offenses will come. And do we really think about how Jesus wants us to respond when we're offended? And particularly when we feel like it's, it's not even a just offense. Uh, you know, um, I mean, it's like we're misunderstood or, or we're just some statements taken to extreme. But how are we to respond? And, and it's kind of interesting that I, even in my quiet time this morning, I was reading Exodus 14. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, the, as you know the story, the Pharaoh and the Egyptians are coming after the Jews. The Jews are kind of backed against the Red Sea. And, and this is, I, I just, I have to laugh every time I read this passage. Because it says, you know, quit crying out to me. In other words, you've prayed enough. Get moving. You know, quit praying. Have you ever think God would actually say, quit praying? You know, quit crying out to me and get moving. Raise your staff, you know, and tell the people to start walking and I'll let them walk on dry land. And then this is, this is the thing. He says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he and the Egyptians will honor me. He doesn't tell them how he's going to honor them. He doesn't say, Moses, we're going to set a trap. We're going to get them in there and let the waters crash. He just says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. I'm going to go in. I'm going to, you know, uh, but they're going to honor me. Now, now, I don't know about you, but it's, it's kind of like, wow, um, wouldn't you like to tell me the whole story? I mean, for me to actually get moving, wouldn't I like to know the whole story? God does not work that way. I don't know whether you and I realize that. He, he says, you start obeying and I'll start clarifying. And, and so even with this about when we're offended, how will we obey? How will we respond? And, and again, a lot of it, what do you really believe about this collection of books? Do we really believe it is God's inspired word and we don't negotiate with it? It, 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 it says what it says and it means what it says and, and, and it has a greater weight than my opinion about his word. Have you gotten there yet? You know, this word of God is more important than my thoughts about God's word. I remember the day when God just hit me with a like a two-by-four, that I was going through life considering my thoughts about the Scriptures rather than what it actually said. And, and since then, it's again, I, I, I go through a hit and a miss. Sometimes I think I hit it, sometimes I miss it. And again, fortunately, that's why I've got men in my life that, who can remind me I, I want to hit more, miss less. I think that's what all of us want to do. We want to hit more in obeying God and miss less. And so as you look at this, and, and so in Matthew 5, and it's kind of interesting, he has just made this statement. He's just kind of talked about the Beatitudes, and he's kind of welcomed, said, hey, you, you want to be a part of my kingdom? Repent, be a part of my kingdom. This is the attitude you and I are to have if we're in his kingdom. And he says an interesting thing. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And, and then about five times after he says that, he makes this statement you may have heard. And he is saying that like, okay, this is what you've heard the Scriptures to say, but this is not really what the Scriptures say. 
said, you're not, you're not understanding the context. You're either adding to it. You're taking away from it. You're, you're not really clinging to it. And you're letting the word be uh, kind of like a loophole of avoiding loving me. And, and so he, he's gonna, it's, it's kind of like this. I'll give you a practical example. You may have heard that Valentine's Day is all about romance and Cupid and candy and flowers. But how many of y'all know the story of Valentine and St. Valentine? Anybody? A few. A few. Now think about it. If you, if you have only heard that Valentine's is about romance and candy and Cupid and, and flowers, and you're single and you don't have, you know, someone on your side, then that's when Valentine's Day becomes sad day, single awareness day. Now, if that's all you've heard, but if you've heard that Valentine was a pastor, he was, he was sentenced to execution because of his view of marriage and what he was doing with God's view of marriage, and he was sentenced to execution. While he was in jail, he befriended the jailer's blind daughter, and, and the night before his execution, he wrote a letter to the, um, the, the blind daughter explaining the gospel. And the story goes that after his execution, the jailer read the letter to his daughter. She received Christ. She received her sight. And that's why the Catholic Church decided to call him a saint because of the miracle. Now, if you have that view and you realize it's not so much about Cupid and candy and flowers, but it's about sacrificial love in the gospel... If you're single, how does that change the way you view Valentine's Day? Think about it. You may have heard. And, and so, so Jesus is, is getting at this, and, and, and so he, he is talking about you know, this, this phrase that comes up quite often. And I, I'm not going to jump in. I'm just going to jump into verses 38 through 48. Let me read them, and then we'll... Um, you know, kind of go back and piece them together. And you'll see how this ties in. Because, again, we're, everyone in this room and everybody you know, we're going to be harassed, we're going to be offended, we're going to be um, taken advantage of. I, 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 you know, I mean, how many of you can think of a situation in the last week that you, you were taken advantage of or someone robbed you or something went on? Any, I mean, anybody other than me? I mean, I can think about it. Nobody? No, nobody? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, all of us have gone through, like, you know, we, we woke up the other morning and went out to Barbara's, uh, Barbara, she drives a Highlander, and she got in the car and realized it had been broken into. You know, and that just, ah, you know, when something like that happens, it's just, ah, God. And then, then later that day, um, I went to BJ's, and BJ's is like Costco. I think y'all have a BJ's up here. But they have a deal where when you buy certain items, you get 10 cents of, off of gas. And so I bought certain items, and I happened to notice that one of the items that they said I could get 10 cents off, they were not giving me the 10 cents off. And so I called for assistance, and I said, you see this, that, that this item is a 10 cents off item, and they're not giving it to me. And said, oh, well, you know, you, you probably get it off. Go ahead and get gas. And I said, I really, it was real polite. I really was. I, um, yeah, I, I said, well, excuse me, that's going to waste my time. And can't you just correct it? She said, no, I just can't do that. And so all this time I'm thinking, golly, you know, I know this has happened before. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get the gas. I'm going to have to come back here. I'm just going to just waste my time. Sure enough, that's exactly what happened. 
And so there's something inside of us when something like, that's a petty thing. The, the car being broken into and the BJs, the gas thing, that's a little thing. But we have things like that that happen all day long. And we can just bow up. I mean, the hairs on the back of our head can just bow up and we can get irritated. And pay attention here to what Jesus is saying because it really challenges me. And so as you read it, verse, I'm just going to read all of them, then we'll come back to the verses. Um, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt or tunic, let him take your cloak or coat as well. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son, S-U-N, to rise on the evil and the good and the sins reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles or the unbelievers do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I mean, I don't know about you. Sometimes you can read that and you say, are you serious? You know, or do you really mean this? I mean, does this mean we all are to be pacifists and, and, and we, you know, we're, we're never to, what about thugs and, and bullies and what, what, what about that? Well, again, let, let's remember, in this context, he is talking about personal insult. He's not addressing personal injury. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But here he is talking about personal insult. When he says, you have heard it said, eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth, verse 38. I want you to think about that. He is correcting them. He is challenging them to say, you're really not understanding the context of this, and you're, you're, you're adding to it, and you're, you're, you're using this verse for personal vengeance because that's what was going on back then. The Romans were so oppressive. And so now the, you know, the, the Israelites were using that verse for a personal vindictiveness. And he says, you're missing it. You know, William Barclay, he, he kind of um, talked about four points here. I, I've got to bring it up. Because he says, you don't resist an evil person. And this is, has to do with um, personal insult. Now, again, the Old Testament, this may surprise you. It surprised me. The Old Testament was meant to show mercy. Now, you know, how many times have we heard the thought, you know, God... Um, you know, the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament. We, we hear that from people. And, but the Old Testament was really meant for mercy because back then, before God stepped in, vengeance and, and family feud, not the TV show, but family feuds were just escalating. It's kind of like if, if, um, if, I, if, uh, if, if I punched, um, <laughs> I'm just, this is, let's say I punched Julian in the nose. And then, yeah, and then Julian cuts off my hand. And then James blows up his car. 
you know, I mean, we, we're, and then, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, and then, all right, so you get the point. That was kind of the norm back then before the Old Testament was really established. It was just escalation. And so what happened was, no, a proper punishment for the gravity of the crime. It was not, you know, hey, you bring your, your, if you bring knives, I'll bring guns. That was not the right way to think. And, and yet the, the people were escalating, so the law was given to remember proper compensation for the proper crime and not to have escalation. I mean, we, we have, in our, in our nation, we have a famous, you know, the Hatfield and the McCoys. And it was just escalating because they, they didn't understand the mercy of God and they didn't understand the Old Testament law. And, and so the, the eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth was not meant for an individual. It was meant for the judges. But the people were using it for personal vengeance. So Jesus is bringing it, their attention. I mean, think about this. Remember, remember when D uh, David in the Old Testament, he... Um, he had sinned with Bathsheba, and Nathan kind of brought that scenario to him that, hey, there was a guy that took the sheep of somebody else and, and slaughtered them for their sacrifice. And you remember what David said? What did David say? Kill the guy. Well, that wasn't the proper compensation. His guilty conscience escalated the compensation. Proper compensation was just get four of his sheep, pay him back. But escalation is a view of a heart not connected to God. And as we are connected to God, we're not to think of escalating. As followers of Jesus, we need to remember that. Also, it was designed for judges, not the individuals. That was important. And seldom was it literally taken advantage, I mean, used, except like in capital punishments. If you murdered somebody, you were to be executed. But most of the time, it was, when, when a crime was done, it was even, a, uh, your a retribution was with money or with animals. And, and so, because also the Old Testament taught the individual, same thing as the New Testament teaches, the individual should show mercy. You know, you, you can just write these verses down, like Proverbs 24, 29, or Lamentations 3, 30, um, Le, um, Leviticus 19, 18, but, um, you know, again, the, the Old Testament was talking about with the individual, we're to show mercy. But the judges, they were proper compensation for the proper crime. And so Jesus bringing this up. He says, you have really taken this out of context because of your anger and your desire to seek vengeance. I mean, I, I, you know, I could relate to that song where it's talking about dancing over injustice. I want to be one of those dancers. I do not like injustice. And yet there's a time for there in heaven to do that, but not here. You know, as far as, you know, we're not to be vigilantes, you know. So again, you know, how, and Jesus really, again, bringing it up. Are you paying attention to what the scriptures really say? And again, that doesn't mean we're to be pacifists. It doesn't mean that we're, we're to just kind of overlook all offenses. When it, when it, um, you know, but it says, well, Burke, you know, it talks about verse 39. If you're slapped, you're to turn the other cheek. Now, now, slapping has to do with um, being robbed of your honor or being robbed of respect. When, you're, when you lose respect, you know, uh, and, and, and so, I mean, you know, if you backhand somebody, I mean, even today, if you're slapping somebody in the face, that's a show of contentment. Uh, and, and not contentment, but contempt. Um, you know, so, yeah, don't get that confused. But, um, but he, he is saying, you know, let them turn the other cheek. Now, Billy Sunday... 
Billy Sunday was, uh, he was a um, baseball player, and then he um, uh, turned to Christ, and he, was, he would go to the bars to preach. And the story goes that one time he was in a bar, and he was preaching, and somebody slugged him in the face, and he stood up, and he slugged him in the other cheek. And then Billy Sunday said this. He said, you know, I don't know if Jesus ever addressed what to do if third, hit a third time. I guess that's left to me. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you know, that there's, a, there's a difference between personal insult and personal injury. But also look at verse 40. This is being robbed of possessions. When someone takes your tunic, give your cloak as well. You know, if you're approached and asked for your watch, give them your wallet as well. I mean, you know, just, but there, there was a story of a, a woman in Atlanta. Um, a, a guy escaped from prison, and, and he went to the house to rob her. And as he was taking things, she prepared a meal for him. And he sat down and ate. And as she, you know, served him food, she began to share the gospel with him. And he repented and believed in Christ. And so when the police did come, they didn't just arrest the escaped prisoner. They arrested a brother in Christ. And she continued to go to the jail on a regular basis to minister to him. I'm not going to say that happens all the time. But again, sometimes we we feel like we, we are being robbed of possessions. And to really think, what does the Lord want me to do rather than what is in my flesh a loss, uh, being robbed of time. Now, that's a big one for me. I mean, when the, the Roman soldiers, they could go up to subjects and just tap them on the shoulder, and you were required to either give them food or required to carry their baggage for a thousand paces. That's roughly about a mile. And, and, and so you, you think about that. That's very insulting. That's very degrading. It's like mean spirit. That Roman, they're mean. They're, you know, they're, they're just, you know, can't trust them. I like that. But, but Jesus says, go the extra mile. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're required to do that by law, just go the extra mile and show that you are my brother and sister. But he also thinks, let me throw this out. Use the extra time that you serve for the gospel. I, I, was, I was coming back for, um, from a trip, stopped in to get gas, and somebody came up to me and just said, hey, will you give me gas for my car? I'm in on empty. I don't have any money. And, and in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, this guy is going to rob me. As soon as I take out my wallet, he's going to rob me. And, and I'm coming up with every excuse in the book to not do anything. And to push him away. And this verse comes to my mind. And I, okay. Um, and I did. I, I, you know, I pushed in my credit card and filled up his tank. But all the while, all the time while I was filling up the tank, I was sharing the gospel with him. You know, when you and I are robbed of our time, do we see it as divine appointments? And do we step into it? Or do we still let? I mean, I could have let the anger and, and just my, my um, frustration. Gas station Josh, that was his name. Well, his name was Josh. He was at the gas station. That's how I remember him. That's how I pray for him. You know, he didn't receive Christ, you know, but, but um, you know, it was just a good reminder. So view those times when we feel like loss of time is a divine appointment. And, and the last one, verse 42, to touch on loss of, or being robbed of money. 
I mean, you know, there was a tendency even with me, not only was I robbed of time, I was thinking, this guy's ripping me off. But it's not my money anyway. That's why we give the tithe. I don't know about y'all, but uh, the tithe, some, now some people, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, YouTubes and podcasts about how the tithe is not for the Christian church now. And, uh, but it still has a blessing if you give 10% to your local place of worship. There's still a great blessing. But we, we should be generous. But we also think, this, think about this. We should be giving above the tithe. So you need to have it even in your budget. Because it was in my budget to where I, 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 you know, I could give to Josh. But realize that. To realize the, the blessing we have. And, and, and so, so we, we deal with those losses and feeling robbed in a very um, simple way. And, and we're... Even to realize in... in in Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 through 11, it talks about how the individual was to be generous. So again, the Old Testament was the law of mercy more than we might realize. And, and so there you go. Um, so anyway, I am realizing, I, I've got to wrap it up, don't I? That, you know, um, I've, let, let, me just, let me tie in a couple of more verses if I could. I'll, I'll wrap it up re- pretty quick. Um, look at verses 44 uh, or 40, 43. You have heard that it was said. Again, there's that phrase. Love, you shall love your enemy. I mean, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. The scriptures, the Old Testament never said this. See, they were using it and adding to it. And they were missing the whole thought of, no, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do you realize this is the first time in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus uses the word agape, love, sacrificial love. First time. I don't know about you, it kind of blows me away when I think about that. That I am to agape my enemies. I'm to pray for those who insult me, who take advantage of me, who rob me of time, rob me of you know, possessions, rob me of honor and respect. I am to pray for them. Why? Why to do that? Because we're sons of our Heavenly Father. This also, He is bringing it up that when you're in my kingdom, you're not just a subject. You are a son. And God is your Father. That, you know, the Jews did not really comprehend that at that time. That God could be their personal Father. That's why Jesus was slapped when He called and was, you know, um, not slapped. That was another time He was slapped. Um, But the, um, the, Jew, the Pharisees got so uptight with Jesus because he said, my father is always working. And they freaked out about Jesus using that phrase. And now Jesus is saying, when you're in my kingdom, God is your father. And you get to, when you get insulted, when you get taken advantage of, when you get disrespected, when you get even robbed, you're just like how to respond like your father did in heaven. Because that's the gospel, isn't it? The gospel is that we turned away from God and became hostile toward God. But in love, God came to earth as Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He came to us after we had insulted him and taken advantage of him, pushed him away and robbed him. He came after us in love. And he lived the life that we should have lived. He died the death we should have died. 
And he, three days later, he physically rose from the dead, proving he was the Messiah, God's anointed king. He, he get, showed that he had all power to forgive and offer salvation to anyone, regardless of past or condition, to anyone who would trust him. And see, that's the reason we're able to do this. Because that's the same way we treated God. We've insulted him. We've taken him lightly. Now, now, let me get practical here. Think about this. If you're a parent, you have been disrespected. Can you just say, yes, I have? Yeah. If you're a child, you've been disrespected. Can you say amen? And there's a tendency to kind of bow up and say, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to do something. Rather, no, I'm going to be loving. I'm going to let the gospel lead. I, you know, it, it, spouses, you, you have not shown full respect to your spouse. Have you not? I mean, you're just, you know, you just, you, we just don't do it. We don't show the respect they deserve, and we disrespect them. We rob them of time and, and money and, and possessions and, and their, their energy. I mean, moms, you are robbed by your children of your energy. And you can just gut it out, or you can say, no, gospel God came to me when I was like that. And so that's the strength to bless and to pray. Parents, can I ask you this? One, one application. Can you pick a time sometime this week in which you will sit down and pray for those children who have irritated you this past week and you feel like have not respected you? And children, will you take time, mark it on your calendar, and say, yeah, God, I know I didn't, haven't felt respected. I felt taken advantage of I, this, but I will bless. And I ask you to bless them, God. Have a time. Now, again, there, there's, we're not talking about if there's abuse and, and uh, bullying and like that. Because, again, Jesus did create a whip. And he chased out the money changers and turned it over. There's got to be a, a balance. Again, there's a difference between personal injury and personal insult. And, and, and so that, that's important to understand. And that's why it's important even Ecclesiastes 7.18. You've got to be with each other and with the Word and the Spirit to understand it's good to grab hold of one thing and not let go of the other because the one who comes away with both fears the Lord. So there's a time that you, you need to be firm. There's also a time you don't give money to someone asking of you because it will harm them because they're going to use that money to abuse themselves. So you, 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 can't, you can't just write off and say, I'm not going to do that. But you've got to be in the spirit to understand the tension between the two. But chances are most of us deal with personal insult more than we like to admit. And we have a tendency to kind of get vengeful and we can follow the way of the world and want to cancel people rather than know, I'm going to follow Jesus. This is what he did to me. He did for me. And I am his son. And if I only love people who are kind to me, I really love kindness. I don't love because God's loved me. Because God shows love to those who don't respect him. Right? Isn't that what the, the last verse is? So, for the sake of time, I want you to just turn to someone. What are some possible action points that you can take in light of this?
And then, what's the one thing you're going to do in the next seven days to not just know this, but to be blessed because you do it? So let's take a few seconds and do that. Turn to the person and talk about possible action points, then what will you do? And then I'll pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, God, we, I need this so much because there may be times in the future that we will really face persecution. We will really feel, and, and not just feel, but we'll really be insulted and, and taken advantage of. And, and Lord, we, we need to practice among ourselves in our family situations when these things happen so that we understand what it is to walk with you. So, Lord, please, please help us to not just talk about it, but help us to be like, like men and women who follow you who will do it. And we would talk with each other about what we're going to do and hold each other accountable to what we're going to do. Lord, again, we, we, we can't do this on our own. We need your spirit. We need to understand the gospel. I constantly need to remember that I was so antagonistic towards you. I was so disrespectful to, towards you. But you came after me in love. And, Lord, you're wanting me to show that so that I, I show that I am your, your child. Not I'm just your child. I'm maturing to be a son and daughter uh, and the women here. So, Lord, again, help us to be men and women who don't just know but will do, particularly when we're insulted. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we stand and close the service?